For this edition of Brustilled, Connor from Hats Off Brewing returns to the Brustilled podcast to discuss updates with Hats Off Brewing, Mango Not of Madness, and Home Brewing. It's all here in Brustilled, but first. Let us begin. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to Brewstilled. I'm Hills Brandon, and for this edition of Brewstilled, I'm joined by Connor from Hats Off Brewing. Connor from Hats Off Brewing returns to the Brewstilled podcast to discuss his collaboration with Flatland Brewing for Megonata Madness, new developments with Hats Off Brewing, the process of home brewing, and what's next for Hats Off Brewing. So sit back and relax, open a beer, and tune into my talk with Connor from Hats Off Brewing. Here we go, folks. Enjoy. I'm joined here by Connor from Hats Off Brewing. Hello, Connor. Welcome back to the Brewstilled podcast. Hi, Brandon. Thanks again for having me on. It's always a pleasure. And thank you for joining me. So since we last spoke, a lot's been happening with Hats Off Brewing, especially with Mango Nada Madness, which is brewed with Flatland Brewing. What was the inspiration behind Mango Nada Madness? I'd say a little inspiration behind it. It was just at the time I was thinking like, all right, what type of beer we want to do? I'm like, uh, Andrew and I were talking and it's like, all right, let's do a sour. What flavors and everything? And I was just like, oh, Mango Nada just sounds good. Like, I just really want a Mango Nada right now. <laughs> that was the the main premise is just mango, low lime juice, tahine, why not? What led to that collaboration with Andrew from Flatland Brewing? So I've been going to them for, what, like five, six years now. I've been a big fan of their beer and I always go in and I, when Mackenzie was there working as a brewer, I'd ask him like, hey, what, what can I do to make my beer better? And same with Andrew, I'd always ask him. And, and as I started to develop my own skill more, I was like, hey, I want to make a beer with you guys. They had originally done a competition in 2019 as a homebrew competition contest and I was just like I made a beer hoping I would win but I was still in the earlier years of starting to brew so it was a decent beer but it wasn't anything let's say someone with 10 years or 15 years had experience with but it, I was just like one of my dreams is was to do a collaboration with them and to do my first collaboration with them it was amazing. What was the difference between home brewing and also brewing at an actual brewery? What kind of adjustments were made? What were the things that really stood out the most? Main adjustment I'd say is scaling because scaling like a homebrew recipe up to a big beer recipe is not an easy transition just almost with any recipe whether food beer the bigger you go the more you actually have to change and so that was nice with Andrew been making beers for he made beers as a homebrewer and professionally for X amount of years it was just learning how to do that from him and then uh, I mean for the most part it was actually easier than homebrewing since a lot of stuff is automated setup turnkey just oh the water's already ready to go okay it's a yeah just a lot easier a lot simple came out during the winter time one thing i really loved about the beer had like a summertime feel to it which really i thought provided really good relief for the cold winter day and um, is that something that was that was part of the goal for mango not in madness yeah it was to in a way i get that summer aspect in the middle of winter like not make anything that's super light just have something that has a nice body to it to where it fits in with the winter but it gives you wanting to be chilling in a pool again or like go on a vacation to a nice warm place and drink it there just get that little drive for that what led to like the beers and also the mead that were served at this year's elk grove brew fest in terms of what you served there 
I wanted to serve stuff that would be appropriate for the weather since it was when it started to get hotter, but then also have something for like the traditional craft beer lovers. That's why I went with a uh, California Common, one of the most iconic beers from the West Coast. That and an IPA are the two biggest ones. I went with a Belgian Goldstrong for those who like the not as popular beer, but are still a very loved, desired beer like uh, Delirium or damnation just those who actually love the craft of it and then with the meads uh the pineapple orange it was definitely like let's do a, almost a mimosa style let's do one that will be very light and refreshing and then the lemonade came about by accident i was originally supposed to have a, a thialized west coast ipa but there was problems while fermenting and it got oxidized and so i decided to just take some mead that i had left over whip up something quick and just toss it on tap and it actually was the most popular one there yeah i definitely see meads become more of a popular beverage and i went to the california craft beer summer talking about how audiences are probably changing with their tasting preferences that's what we're talking about cider seltzers mead was one of them even lower alcohol content beers is that are those kinds of beers you can see probably seeing homebrewers gravitate towards in terms of brewing those styles of beverage in the future from other people other homebrewers i've talked to a lot of them like making let's say like three percent beers just something that you can put in a five gallon keg kill within two weeks just very light easy drinking and you can make them with a lot of flavor you can make them interesting which is one of the great things and then with the meat and cider especially meat i see that blowing up more i know people have known cider for years there's been like the big brands like angry orchard uh what golden coast we have two river cider here people know cider but it's still i'd say developing mead is one i'm seeing i'd say seeing more of a boom of there's a bigger notoriety of it in southern california and in northern california i think there's one in napa and one in sacramento and that's all that's there but as people are trying it it's they're finding it's another alternative to beer that they can enjoy and also between homebrewing beer and also homebrewing mead how do those two different terms of the process of making those from a home environment? So making mead is a lot simpler, I feel, than making beer. Beer, you have to go through the mash, boil. You have to calculate all your grains, your salts. And for me, you can do like specific salts for the water, add nutrients. But for the most part, just heating up the water to where it's a let's say sanitary temperature or to where it'll kill all the bacteria or any extra yeast you put in the honey stir it for five to ten minutes and then you're done and you put it in the carboy add more nutrients and let it go and one thing i was also looking at too is that you know in terms of brewing ingredients of water barley yeast and hops one ingredient that's heard that really sets up the most in terms of from some breweries that they consider really probably one of the most underrated ingredients for beer was water is that something those in a home brewing environment as well in terms of like the water that's used and role that plays to the final results yeah so when I first started, I, I didn't know or care about like what type of water I used. Like the second, third beer I used or I had ever made, I had made just from like just faucet tap beer, or tap water. And then I had noticed just this random off flavor in them. They just, it was almost like a Band-Aid taste, if that makes sense. Just that rubbery plastic. And I'm like, at first I didn't know what it was, why it was causing it. Then I switched to getting like the five gallon jugs of water that you can get or like fill up at a little water station 
fermentation and it went away and then as more i've made beer and more i've experimented you want like with a dark beer you want like more magnesium and sulfates in it that helps bring out that chocolatey characteristic and so it is definitely a very important part of the beer because the just this minor amount of salt can change the complete profile of it. and also now what's coming up in the summer now we're coming into summer season what's kind of what's hats off brewing right working on right now in terms of beverages such as beer and meats uh, for the summer season so i'm working on a uh, mojito kolsch it is a beer that I've made multiple times. I love that beer. Perfect for the summer. Has nice little lime bite to it. And the mint definitely offers more of the aroma. Uh, working on a, a mash hop IPA. So that has definitely more fruity tropical flavors to it and it was a new experience doing mash hop because i've never done it before and you can either do it with pellet or whole cone hop from what i learned it's probably best to do it with whole cone because the pellet hops since they're mainly ground up they can come out of the mash and end up in the boil and may add a little extra bitterness to it now, i see a lot of breweries now that tend to be used like a hot lot of hot pellets is there an advantage of using those from a brewing perspective instead of the whole cone hops so the pellets from what I know, have longer shelf life and everything. And it's just easier to put them in. And when you do the whirlpool, they'll sink better. One of the things I've heard that a lot of breweries are starting more to use now are like hop oil extracts. So just taking the oils from the hops that add that bitterness and aroma and just using that to even condense more on the amount of particles in the hop or particles in the beer. Is there anything that's really stood out in terms of innovations and anything that might stand out, how that might change craft beer industry going forward that you probably noticed from the home brewing environment or also brewing at, at Flatland? Two biggest changes, especially I've seen with yeast. One is mainly Omega's stylized uh, yeast uh, category. They've been making yeast that releases styles from the hops, which can help with like giving more of that tropical citrusy aroma that's, let's say, found in a Sauvignon Blanc. And so they've done it for ales. They've done it for lagers. They're just experimenting more and they're producing beers that have fantastic aroma to them. And then there's also White Labs that had just changed how they make and produce. And so they're creating even more efficient ways of having yeast available and healthy yeast, which is the key part of the fermentation process because that will affect your beer. And if you have lower quality yeast or just not as healthy yeast, you won't get as a great quality of beer as if you have, of course, healthy yeast. When it comes to brewing in a home environment, what are the biggest challenges one faces when brewing beer in a home environment? So the environment, it, it is hard. You can do a lot of ales and just like toss them in your closet since those are usually a relative temperature controlled area. But if you want it to move into lagers and something that requires a lower temperature, you do need a like little mini fridge or a chest freezer that you have adjusted to where you can regulate that temperature and keep it there. And so I have a chest freezer that I use for that. But the bigger thing is I also use it for storage. So if I have any beers that are in kegs or I just went to a brewery and bought like a case of beer it's hard to like all right I need a fermented here but I also want to keep these cold enough to where I can drink them. So that's one of the problems that can get ran into as well. Are there any current events lined up in the future, such as beer festivals or special events? So the next brew fest I have scheduled right now is uh, the Natomas Oktoberfest. And I'm also looking to do the Hops and Props, which is around the same time. The big thing for that is I just need more volume. I, I need to make enough beer to where 
I could do both since they're both about like a week or two close to each other. Uh, trying to do stuff for the summer. Uh, I've been talking to a few other local breweries about trying to do another collaboration, trying to do something special for that. But as of right now, focusing on trying to get enough beer for those two brew fests that are at, towards the end of summer. When it comes to hops that are used in IPAs, are there hops that work out better with the end result as opposed to other hops? Or does it depend on how they're used? It does matter what hops that you use there are some that have some off flavors to them or are good and if you're looking for something specific but if you want let's say just a classic west coast like chinook centennial i think even citra mosaic like those are great but there's also been a lot new variety of hops that are mixtures of some of the classics or some of the new ones that are coming out like i just used one called vista which i'm loving the results from it it definitely has almost like a like a tropical stone fruit. I'm trying to think of the name of that stone fruit. I can picture it in my head, but I can't think of the name of it right now. And it's just reminded me of that. I'm like, this is a great one. It's not adding too much bitterness. It's not adding, let's say, any off flavors. And it's a nice variety to, let's say, everyone doing, let's say, a Citra or Mosaic or Chinook IPA. What's your current favorite beer style right now, like in your free time? Any favorite beer you drink in your free time right now, given that we're coming to the summer season? Anything that stands out? My favorite style right now, I'd say is a Saison. It's nice, light. It has that like peppery taste to it. I had a great one the other day. It was like Allagash's year one, two, and three combined. And it was amazing. It had a nice nose to it. But it, yeah, I feel it's a very underrated beer style. I also noticed that you're on Patreon. Where can listeners find you on Patreon? Users can find me on Patreon just as Hats Off Berlin. And mainly that's the best way to support me. I'll do special things on there like, oh, hey, I'm making this mead you guys can choose the flavors of it or what type of beers you want to see at a brew fest or there are even some to where it's like hey every x amount of months if you have a party i'll just come and bring a keg of let's say like an eight up to eight percent beer or mead before we wrap this up is dress feels like dad not too much just thank you for having me on i'd love to see everyone come out and at the natomas oktoberfest it's always great seeing all the familiar faces or meeting new faces yeah just follow me on instagram and facebook those are the best ways to stay up to date with what i'm doing what events i'm going to be at and hopefully within the next i'd say year or two i'm planning to actually start to have a maybe get a facility actually in place to where i can start turn this even more from a project into an actual business sounds great definitely look forward to hearing more about that in the future thank you connor for joining me here brewstilled thank you very much brandon it's always a pleasure that there's my talk with connor from hats off brewing i'd like to thank connor for coming back on the brewstilled podcast please do check him out at patreon at hats off brewing along with instagram and facebook for all the latest updates with hats off brewing and also, do check them out this year's Natomas Oktoberfest held by Beers and Sack. For now, though, that should do for me on this edition of Brewstilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast, and please rate this podcast and your Zard podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Also, do stay tuned for future guest interviews, craft beer content, and other topics of interest. In the meantime, do enjoy some good craft beer, bourbon, whiskey. I'm Heroes Brandon. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you all next time. And until then, be brewed and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Cheers.